We're in Psalm chapter 88. Psalm chapter 88 this morning as we uh, take a look at a very, very difficult passage. Uh, not only a difficult passage uh, for, for us to read, but also a very difficult message uh, for me to write. Um, but is God still faithful even when we face death? The sermon series is called Faithful. He never fails. He won't stop now. And so the question then comes up. What do we do? And how do we feel? And what do we, what do, we do when we face death? Let's read this uh, psalm. Told that it's a, a psalm of the sons of Korah. It's a masquil of He-Man, the Ezraite. O Lord, the God who saves me, day and night I cry out before you. May my prayer come before you and turn your ear to my cry. For my soul is full of trouble and my life draws near to the grave. I'm counted among those who go down to the pit. I'm like a man without strength. I'm set apart with the dead like the slain who lie in the grave whom you remember no more, who are cut off from your care. You put me in the, the lowest pit, in the darkest depths. Your wrath lies heavily upon me. You've overwhelmed me with your waves. You've taken me from me, my closest friends, and you've made them repulsive to me. I'm confined. I cannot escape. My eyes are dim with grief. And I call to you, O Lord, Every day, I spread out my hands to you. Do, you. do you show your wonders to the dead? To those who are dead, rise up and praise you? Is your love declared in the grave? Your faithfulness and destruction? Are your wonders known in the place of darkness? Are your righteous deeds in the land of oblivion? But I cry out. I cry out for help, O oh Lord. In the morning, my prayer comes before you. Why, O oh Lord, do you reject me? Why do you hide your face from me? From my youth, I have been afflicted and close to death. I've suffered your terrors and am in despair. Your wrath has swept over me. Your terrors, they destroy me. All day long, they surround me like a flood. They've completely engulfed me. You have taken my companions. You've taken my loved ones from me. The darkest is my closest friend. Let's pray over this. Father, this psalm is just full of all kinds of raw emotion. Maybe it brings up emotions in our lives. Times when we felt similar. And Father, I pray through this time that you'll teach us that you'll guide us and lead us by your Holy Spirit. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I meant to tell Charlie I was going to talk about him this morning, but I forgot. So, hey, Charlie, good morning. When Charlie was still in diapers, I remember I had to bring him here. Uh, no, he's not still in diapers, but when he was still in diapers. 
I had to bring them here to the church for a, I don't know if it was a missions meeting. It might have been a Smoky Mountain Christian camp meeting. But it was a budget meeting. I remember that specifically. And I, I set him up, him and his brother, over here in the youth room to watch TV. I then went into the fellowship hall and I was prepping for the meeting. And you may know this, but the door to my office is right outside the youth room door. And so this is the door that my kids, when I bring them to church, usually go through when they need to talk to me. Well, during the meeting, I heard someone or something crying. And I excused myself from the meeting and went out and looked in the lobby. And right over here, Charlie was staring outside the, the door, and he was crying uncontrollably. He had opened my office door to tell me something, and I wasn't there. So Charlie thought that I had left, that I just left him here, that I abandoned him. Now, I bet you can guess how I responded I certainly didn't scold him for crying. I didn't lecture him about my ability to be a parent. No, I, I picked him up, right? I let him cry. I assured him that I was still here, that I'm not going anywhere. Psalm 88 is known as an individual lament psalm. As we read this psalm, we know that the psalmist, he felt nothing but sorrow. In the darkness of his grief, he turned to the Lord for deliverance. And I think this dialogue is so encouraging to see. And we can learn a lot, I think, from this dialogue about how we can go to God in times of desperation, in times of despair, and especially in times of death and dying. And today I'm going to share just a few ways we can turn to God in faith when we face death. So if you want to follow along your notes, write this down. The first way that we can turn to God is we can cry out to God. Uh, crying out is mentioned three times. In verse 1, he says, I cry out to God. You, your ear is turned my cry. And then in verse 13, but I cry to you for help, O Lord. And I, and I see some irony here because when I was growing up, my favorite action figure was He-Man. And He-Man was like strong and muscular and he rode a tiger with a horn on it, right? He-Man was strong, he was manly. But the writers, this guy He-Man, the Ezraite, and He-Man, uh, He-Man's here crying out to God. He was comfortable enough with the creator of the universe to cry out. Is it okay for him to cry? Is it okay for him to cry out to God? One study conducted by psychologists from Harvard found that the suppressing emotions can cause risk of dying from heart disease and certain forms of cancer. And this confirms earlier studies that have linked negative emotions like anger, anxiety, depression to the development of heart disease. The health risks increase, it seems, when people have no way of expressing or acting on their feelings. We know that stress can build up and become chronic. And our natural fight or flight responses meant to help us survive in conflict situations 
is frustrated. In a similar way, detrimental effects may occur when negative emotions remain unexpressed. And some experts suggest that acknowledging emotions can help us with our mental health. So we can see that crying out is a good, healthy thing to do for our emotional health, but what about spiritually? And I think we can go to Matthew 27 and verse 46 to get that answer. About three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out, Why have you forsaken me? Eli, Eli. Lema samadachin ni. I'm not good at Hebrew or Arabic. My God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus is on the cross. The Son of Man has been sentenced to be executed, and this is how Jesus cries out to God. Maybe we look at that and we say, well, how inappropriate. My God, why have you forsaken me? But remember that Jesus is quoting Psalm 22, which is tied to Psalm 88. A cry for help. A cry out to God. And in Psalm 22, 24, it says, For he has not despised or scorned the suffering of the afflicted one. He has not hidden his face from him, but he has listened to his cry for help. Jesus knew that emotionally he felt forsaken by God on the cross even while God cared for the faithful. He didn't maybe feel it, but God wants to hear that from us. So feel free to cry out to God even when times of death and dying. The second way that we can cry out to God or we can approach God is through sharing of our frustrations. Listen, we don't understand death and dying, do we? We don't understand why we're experiencing such pain, but there's nothing wrong with sharing frustrations with God. I mean, throughout this psalm alone, you have heard his frustrations, right? He says, you have caused. He said, God, you have made me cut off. He says, you have put me. You have hid your face. You have cast my soul. He's sharing his frustrations with God. Writer and author uh, Paul Tripp writes about the honesty that mis- many Christians today lack when they're really struggling. He says, one of my biggest frustrations with Western Christiani- Christianity is the tendency to fake spiritual maturity. We use theological words and phrases, they may sound impressive like kingdom and worship and I die to myself. But does it have any meaning in our daily lives? A pastor or a Christian friend may ask us how we're doing and our default reaction is to lie about our situation or at least spin the struggle to make it appear as if we're handling it in a more mature manner than we actually are. But here's the problem. Sick people don't get better pretending they're not sick. Sick people find help and healing and admitting that they have an illness and seek out a professional doctor. And so how does this look in practical ways? How do we share our frustrations with God and 
in ways that are practical. Do you remember the famous story in John's Gospel when Lazarus died? Jesus had these friends Bethany in Bethany by the name of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. And Lazarus, he became ill to the point of death. The illness must have been severe because Mary and Martha sent word to Jesus. By the time Jesus got word and the time he actually arrived in Bethany, Lazarus had already died, had been laying in a tomb for four days. And it was Martha who first met Jesus. And John records those words in chapter 11, verse 21. And that might give us a little insight into what it means to share our frustrations with God. She says, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. So on one hand, she shares her faith in God. But on the other hand, she shares her frustrations. This doesn't make sense. She has seen Jesus heal people. She has seen it firsthand. And yet she let her brother die. I think her words give us hope that we can share frustrations and that he is faithful and he hears us. The final way this morning that I want to share with you is to let your emotions go. In verse 13 of that same chapter when Lazarus died, we read that Jesus wept. He didn't just shed a tear for a friend, but he looked out among the crowd and he shared tears. He wept for his friends. My mother died uh, less than a year ago in August, and I remember sitting outside my house I'd built a fire, and I remember I just sat there and wept. I didn't shed a tear, but the crying came from deep down inside. My tears, they were real, and I let that emotion go. And we see Jesus kind of let his emotion go at times. When he entered Jerusalem and he saw the poor being exploited, what did he do? He flipped those tables. When Jesus was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane, his emotions were so intense that he sweat drops of blood and the angels had to come and attend to him. G. Walter Hansen writes, I am spellbound by the intensity of Jesus' emotions. He doesn't have a twinge of pity but heartbroken compassion. Not a passing irritation but terrifying anger, not a silent tear, but groans of anguish, not a weak smile, but ecstatic celebration. Jesus' emotions are like a mountain river cascading with clear water, while my emotions are like a muddy foam or a feeble trickle. I think we are given permission here in the psalm to let our emotions go. It's not only healthy, but it's good for our soul. 
David wrote the beautiful and popular Psalm 23 when he says in verse 4, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And let us take a minute just to look at that psalm. Have you ever enjoyed a nice sunny day when all the dark clouds, all of a sudden the dark clouds hide the sun? You're in a shadow, right? What does the shadow do? It hides the light. It makes it more difficult to see the world and the people around you. Darkness makes you feel all alone because you can't see anyone else. Death is, it's like a shadow. It makes us feel all alone. It, it takes away the light from our lives. The good news, though, is that shadow is temporary. There will come again a time of rejoicing. But in the meantime, I think God has given us permission. At least he gave the psalmist this permission to cry out, to share our frustrations, and to just let our emotions go. Ultimately, I think this is the path of healing in times of sorrow, but also a way that we can open up emotionally to God. Go to the one who is faithful, and he will bring comfort to your souls. Let's pray. Father, I'm thankful for this psalm, the way the psalmist just expresses himself to you in this time, difficult, difficult time, reminds us that no matter what we are going through, you are faithful to us. You've given us this permission, this space where we can be emotionally pure with you, emotionally raw with you at times, and just to open up. I'm thankful that you hear our cries. I'm thankful for the comfort that you've given many of us in those difficult times. And I pray that your comfort will continue to surround. And Father, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.